Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of the Players NIL Podcast. It's an NIL playbook on how student athletes can learn to manage their business life, create a business life while performing on the field. And today we have a special guest who's going to tell us a little bit about his history with working with athletes and keeping them healthy and on the field. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first of all, welcome to my guest today, Tom Zhang. Tom, welcome. <laughs> hey, Mark. Uh, thank you for having me. And it's a great honor to be on the Players NIL podcast. And I'm excited cool. to talk a little bit more today. Well, I think I've told people in the past that I, I, my father was a junior high gym teacher. And uh, in 1976, he decided to go back to college to get a uh, certificate in athletic training. And he actually was the first certified athletic trainer in the history of New York state. And so I have a deep appreciation for people that put bodies back together and get athletes back on the field. And all of the technologies today are way different than they were 40 years ago. But before we get to your career, Tom, just tell me a little bit about your background. You know, how did you get involved with sports athletics? We say sports is part is the fandom athletics is the participation. Tell me about your childhood, maybe some events that you went to, Somebody played catch with you in the yard. Somebody that shot baskets with you or whatever your sport of choice was back then. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Oakland, California. Um, fun fact, if you've ever seen the movie uh, Fruitvale Station, I grew up about two blocks away from that. <laughs> so um, in my neighborhood, athletics, um, particularly basketball, pickup basketball was one of the biggest things because it was more of a um, – it, it was more of a poorer neighborhood, so anything that was free that could kind of buy up time, all the kids would love doing that, and that just happened to be pick-up basketball. <laughs> um, so I've been in track and basketball ever since I was in elementary school. Um, my professional aspirations kind of hit a little bit of a hitch when I realized I was still five foot five when I was a senior in high school. <laughs> so... Um, and we didn't end up going that route, um, but that's what really got me interested in the sports medicine as well as performance training realm. Um, during my career as a track runner and long jumper, I had multiple hamstring pulls, and that really hindered what I was able to produce in terms of like a PR, like a top speed, things like that. So it wasn't later on until probably five to six years ago when I was going through all my education and all of those things that I realized <laughs> me constantly spraining my ankle and basketball impacted how I moved. And that caused a lot of overuse injuries, particularly in the hamstring area. So that's one of the coolest things about what I do is I'm able to kind of combine a passion of mine as well as the scientific end and kind of piece together things that make sense. And it gives me great satisfaction to be able to help particularly younger athletes kind of go through these things and understand the mechanisms of the body so that they're able to stay healthy and they're able to optimize not just their career, but the entirety of their post playing career as well, because you want to stay healthy for those years, right? Awesome. I love it. Well, you know, our motto here and our, our, our mission is to use athletics to better our lives. And many athletes do that by you know, continuing in college and using their athletic abilities to get to schools and create friends and opportunities. 
But as adults, we use athletics to better the lives of the people around us is our mission statement. In other words, to give back a little bit. So so you, you have this passion to play in the NBA, but life didn't work out that way, nor did it for me, by the way. So, um, <laughs> But I, too, was a basketball Jones back in the day. But now you, you you go to college. Tell us about where you went to college, some of the coursework that you took, and how you really became passionate about the human anatomy as it relates to sports performance. Sure. I'd love to do that. Um, so I've got a very interesting and varied background. My undergrad degree is actually in human biology and psychology. Um, so my both my parents are from China and they're freshly Im, uh, fresh immigrants. So it's always been their dream for, you know, their kid to be a medical doctor. <laughs> so that's kind of what I went to college for. But after being an EMT in college and kind of being around that medical realm that I realized that really wasn't for me. So I did my, so after I graduated from uh, UC San Diego, I did my post-batch at SDSU in uh, anatomy and physiology. And that took me on the trek to the sports science as well as kind of um, the rehabilitation realm. Um, I got my MS in kinesiology and applied exercise science through uh, CU Chicago. And I'm currently a PhD candidate there for human health and performance. Well, academics wasn't a challenge for you if dunking a basketball didn't work out. So I love it. And um, and look, we, we talk to athletes all the time that whose careers are changed forever by athletic injuries and the inability to get back on the field. And particularly in the NFL, where one of the greatest, you know, comments that people make all the time is, you know, the best thing you can do is be available, right? So you yep. have a little you have a little background with NFL athletes. Tell us about how that came about and what kind of work you did. <laughs> I would love to. Um, and you mentioned it perfectly. Be available. Um, one of the most commonly heard taglines around an NFL locker room, or I mean, it might even be in media, is "Next man up," right? So that is basically it speaks volumes to the amount of injuries from a contact sport that you always want to be ready because the guy ahead of you on the depth chart the chances of them going through a full season healthy is uh, it's, it's hard. Right. Um, so that's one of the coolest things about what I did was I had a very niche field. Um, so usually during a NFL performance staff, there's the athletic training room and then there's the strength and conditioning. Room, right. So if a player gets injured, they would go to the training room and get all the things, get patched up. Uh, the train uh, the strength and conditioning realm would prepare them for on-field activities. So uh, I actually kind of was in the middle of that. So I kind of bridged the gap in between that. Um, so my background specifically is in biomechanics, as well as how injuries impact the rest of the body and how to recondition your body so that you adapt and get basically back into playing form with minimal, minimal um issues so what i mean by that i'll give you an example so say a player sprains their ankle right so they would go to the training room and they would do phenomenal rehab they would get the ankle feeling better get the ankle stronger but anybody who's had a sprained ankle will can attest to if you sprain your ankle and you go back on the court and you're running five on fives you're going to notice a little bit of a hitch in your step when you're sprinting it's not going to feel quite even left and right and that's a scientific phenomenon called arthrogenic inhibition. So that's basically your brain shutting off a neural pathway to the injured limb. And that causes you to load 
unevenly or asymmetrically. So what I do is I take a look at your body. I take a look at how you move and we figure out where that compensation is coming from and what's the quickest, easiest and best way to fix it so that you can go back to performing and you don't have a increased risk of re-injuring yourself or anything else from wear and tear and you're able to optimize that performance. Your time in the NFL, what was the most common injury that you saw? Is there one mm -hmm. that stood out? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say soft tissue injuries were very, very common, particularly hamstrings and groins. Um, I think it's just the nature of basically you have to exert maximal force in like a 40 second play cycle. And then you're sitting on the sideline and you cool down. So the elasticity that your tissue needs to be able to maneuver in is um, it's very hard. So in a better term is it's hard to stay warm when you have to stop and go, stop and go, stop and go. Right. I guess that's why we see uh, players on the sideline on a stationary bike sometimes in between series. Right. hundred percent, hundred percent. Or like um, if you look on the sideline and somebody's getting stretched, somebody's having um, like um, a hypervolt gun just kind of um, blasting their legs. Same thing is just that um, when your body cools, your tissue tends to tighten up. And if you need to go zero to 60 in a drop of a dime, that's not a great thing for muscle strains. So one of the things that I like to do is take all of this information and, and, and deliver some practical, actionable items. We at the Players NIL start with um, juniors in high school, so kids that are going through the recruiting process, college decision process. So that's age 16 to 18 in high school, and then we work with college athletes, which generally is 18 to 23 or so. So give me some practical tips. You know, you're not in an NFL camp. You're not at a Power 5 school with athletic training and strength and conditioning coaches and maybe Tom Zhang in the middle of the, uh, the trifecta. But you're, you're, you're a good high school athlete. And again, your recruiting opportunities may be based on availability, right? If you miss half mm -hmm. the season in your junior year, it may affect the schools or how schools look at you and the schools that are interested in you. So from a practical standpoint, for parents and for high school athletes, male and female, every sport, can you give me some generalizations about ways we should prepare in between games, pregame, postgame, any advice that you've learned along this career? Absolutely. I would love to tell you about that. And you're absolutely right in terms of recruiting, especially when you're um, at like a draft combine. Um, they have a very detailed medical history of you all the way back to probably junior year in high school. So it's uh, very important to have a minimal injury history. And that does help your chances a lot. Um, in terms of general preparation, I always live by the more information is better. So as an athlete, your body, if you want to become a professional athlete you're, or even a collegiate athlete, your body is going to be kind of like your meal ticket. So the more you can learn about it, the more you can learn about physiology and anatomy, that's all the better, like which areas tend to have trigger points, all of that. Um, but always in terms of a warm up, you always want to do a little bit of foam rolling. So loosen up the soft tissue. Then you want to go through a dynamic stretching cycle just so those Muscle fibers know how to lengthen and contract. And then you want to go into a sports-specific um, warm-up. So I'll use football as an example, right? So if you're a wide receiver, you're always going to run, stop, go, right? Um, that's something that you should work on as you warm-up. So tailor your warm-up to what you have to do on the field. 
And one of the biggest things that I've noticed with the collegiate athletes and younger athletes that I've worked with is recovery isn't a big thing for them because they're young right now. They're not susceptible to all of these things that kind of build up and later on become chronic. So taking time 15 to 20 minutes after your session of training, even though I know you're tired, <laughs> I know you don't want to do it, but um, doing some foam rolling, doing some stretching, my personal favorite is getting a couple of things that you know are generally weak and tight on you. Like, for example, everybody's different, but somebody's glute can be a lot weaker than the other person's glute. And working on those deficits post-training is going to just give you a better recovery as well as improve your performance for the next bout, if that makes sense. So I think I understand the foam roller. Probably most of our audience does. But what are some examples of dynamic warm-up before you do sports-specific warm-up? What was phase two? <laughs> Great question. Great question. Okay. So we'll use the hamstring as an example, right? So the hamstring is on the back of your thigh, right? A static stretch would be like if you just took your leg and you stretched it out and you held that stretch. That is not the most optimal, especially if you're a fast guy because it impacts the contraction rate and how much force you're able to produce. So it might slow you down. So a dynamic stretch would be like a Romanian deadlift motion where you're going up and down and hinging at the hip. And I can actually show you that right now. All Just right. so you get a nice visual. Perfect. Because <laughs> I'm a very visual person as well, right? Right. So this is the area you're talking about, we're talking about right now. So mm -hmm. with a dynamic warm-up, you generally want to have the muscle fibers glide, right? So that now they're prepared to basically do that without you asking them to. So kick your butt back a little bit. A little bit of a hinge, keep your back straight, come back up. And every time you go down, you'll feel a little stretch going down in the hamstring. And what that's doing is it's improving the elasticity of the muscle component. So if you're a fast guy and running forward is kind of what you do, the hamstrings are a huge driving force for that. So the big one of the biggest muscle groups you're going to want to prepare so that you can drive forward and not have any kind of nicky-nacky injuries or feel warm is you want to do some dynamic things to make sure the hamstring is able to glide. If that makes sense. Wow. I love it. So you've got some new business projects working and uh, tell us a little bit about how people can find you. Maybe they can learn some of this. Maybe they can get some consulting services. This is your chance to plug your business. I love this information. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's just, you know, we talk about financial literacy and we talk about personal branding you know, and that's all great. But, you know, what about on the field, right? And so you're one of my few guests that actually talks about performance dynamics. And so I want people to understand that there are people out there with your expertise. And uh, where can they learn more? How can they connect with you? Well, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to do a little plugging. <laughs> um, yeah, so I started my own business. Um, I actually got the idea from uh, Rick Stauffer. He was the PT for the Padres. Uh, for five seasons and he started a PT practice down here and he mentioned that like a lot of younger athletes particularly in high school and college who have had who have sustained injuries might not have access to like a full-time strength coach might not have access to a full-time PT right and I'm in a very niche market that I'm kind of like in between that transition kind of like post-inflammatory PT um, so my company is called Adapt Health and Performance 
and we offer two different types of services, which you mentioned before. Um, you can check out the website. Uh, you can go on there and you can schedule a consultation with me, either if you want to talk about just overall recovery, health and wellness, or if you want to do a little bit of reconditioning and some training and just rehab the body and get it going. Um, I also offer custom pre-built programs that can range from four to 16 weeks for those athletes that might not have access to like a full-time PT or a strength coach. Um, I'll give you a little example. Uh, so if you're a, let's say you're a junior in high school, your school, if it was anything like my school, kind of small, doesn't have a strength coach, doesn't have an athletic trainer, um, you can go on adapthealthandperformance.com. You can click the link and it'll give you a wide host of programs that I'm still currently working on building. Um, that'll give you like a four to 16 week training protocol to improve your quickness, improve your sliding, improve your rotational force. So that's something that's a lot cheaper and that's more readily available and the um, comfort of your own home. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, there's an old saying that the older I get, the better I was when it comes to athletics, right? But I'm reminded every time when I go out and try to do what I think my mind can tells me I can do that my body won't do it. So I need to take some of those classes. Um, this is a, a really important part of the student athlete life. It's a really important part for young athletes because we don't want to have lingering injuries that affect your performance and your recruiting and for those that have aspirations to play in the NBA, NFL, and professional sports, there's so many great young players whose careers were cut short by injury. Some of them were just, you know, freakish bad luck. Some of them may have been preventative. Some of them may have been able to have been cured with proper rehabilitation. And I, 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 I again, because of my father's experience, I appreciate people like you, Tom, that care about the human dynamic and the body and the biometrics and all that stuff. So we thank you for the brief instructional video today. And uh, we encourage everyone to check it out again. What's the web website, Tom? Adapt health and performance. Go there folks. I'm telling you, this guy knows this stuff. <laughs> Thanks man. Have a great day. Thanks Mark. Appreciate you. Thank you all.